Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Antonio Brown just won't go away. Just won't go away. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and of course on your smart speakers at saying play ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? You know, I was up all night refreshing my Twitter feed and Antonio Brown's Instagram story to see what new thing he would post with Pitt Not the Palace, his rap single he dropped on Sunday after the game. And, you know, Chris, I saw a lot of things. (laughs) And we keep seeing a lot of things, and I'm tired of seeing these things that I'm seeing. He just won't go away. He's like the the guest at the party that you never wanted to invite in the first place, and then he's the last person to get out, except that the other day, he did make a rather conspicuous exit and now claims that it is all the Buccaneers. In case you don't know what we are talking about, let us bring you some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And that was Antonio Brown posting yesterday a lengthy explanation as to what happened, his side of the story, and in essence, basically accusing Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers of forcing him to try to go out there and play when he was injured. And that they knew all about his injured ankle and that he was simply leaving the field after he felt like he was cut because Bruce Arians said, you're done after he wouldn't go back in the game because of the injury. Courtney, there's, there's so much to, to dive into here when it comes to Antonio Brown, but the first thing that just comes to mind is when you have the history that he does, how is anybody supposed to believe anything of what he says, even if some of it is true? Yeah, that's the whole premise here. You don't get the benefit of the doubt, and I'm so sorry for saying that, but it's true. The litany of things, his laundry list of stuff that's associated with him, that's really damaging to his you know, career, his character, his credibility, all of this stuff about his ankle and potentially, as he's alleging, being forced to play through an injury could all very well be true. There may be video of Bruce Arians doing the throat slash to Antonio Brown saying, you're done, which is what he alleged via his lawyer in that lengthy post that came out last night. That could all be true. But this is someone who does not get the benefit of the doubt like normal people would because he's been such a menace for like his entire NFL career and especially these last four to five seasons since he left Pittsburgh. Like, I'm sorry if that's harsh. And I, you know, if this is all true, it's not shame- harsh. It's fair. It's fair. It is, it is fair. I just know that there's going to be a bunch of like Twitter heroes out there and people listening <laughs> say, how dare you not take this man at his word? The guy faked a vaccination card. Am I supposed to automatically assume that he didn't doctor text messages? That's where my brain goes on it. And it's frustrating because of the discourse. Like He's not even taking his own situation seriously, Chris. I mean, go look at the stuff that he's posting right now. He just went and backtracked on Twitter saying that he's not taking a, you know, don't get it twisted. My brothers have been good to me from Tom to the practice squad we were a top level unit that's a direct quote from antonio brown on twitter about an hour ago he just doctored or had somebody else doctor for him the movie poster for home alone 2 lost in new york with bruce arians on one side as i don't know if that's marv or harry uh one of the one of the two wet bandits if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about and then tom brady on the other side if you're not implicating Tom Brady in all of this or not taking a dig at him, why is he on the cover of your fake movie poster? Oh, and which, by the way, you're promoting 
pit, not the palace. You're stupid single. Like, I don't understand this. Like, take your stuff seriously because you're making us not take it seriously by posting all of this stuff, memes, you're single, trying to promote it. Like, it just looks really, really strange. And you wonder why people are not taking you seriously. Like, you're kind of playing yourself here. When Antonio Brown walks off the field the way he does... And then goes not into, walked. Goes not into, walked. Well, Does goes into a light jacks. jog and then goes into the jumping jacks. Exactly as I was going to say. Goes from the all right stride into a jog and then jumping jacks and waving at the crowd and all that stuff. How is that possibly someone that you can look at and say, you know what? That guy, he's got it all together. He's telling me the truth. I bet you he's getting wronged here. I mean... It's absolutely absurd. And you know what even aggravates me even more? Is that yesterday we went through chapter and verse how stupid Bruce Arians looked for defending him not 10 days to two weeks ago and saying that this is completely a different guy than we've ever seen before. And I'm going, uh, I wiped the slate clean because of how he's handled himself here. And then now Bruce Arians is just the devil and somebody he's he's basically the coach from varsity blues and somebody's putting toradol into your ankle by the way did you just find out that taking a pain-killing shot of something could actually be bad for you was that new it does does that not happen in the league every day yeah convenient timing for him to put that out in his lengthy two-page post on twitter of all the things that they allegedly forced him to do and Here's here's the part where we need to make sure that we keep this clear. You've seen the text messages, right? The yep. ones that he posted that allegedly came from Bruce Arians. And then you see a photo of an ankle, which we allegedly think is Antonio Brown's, and then look like a trainer's kind of working on it. I don't think in those text messages that Bruce Arians implicated himself in anything. He didn't say, play or you're going to be cut. Allegedly in these text messages, if it was Bruce Arians sending it to Antonio Brown, he's talking about, we want you, we're not going to arrest you. We want you ready. We want you there just in case you're ready to go. So like, that's the, that's the part where it does. These, these text messages do not implicate Bruce Arians. Like read it again. If you, if you have any questions about it, it's, it's a measured, it would seem to show like a measured approach that Antonio Brown took with this game. He said, quote, we want you to travel in case you're ready. That doesn't seem to line up with play hurt or I will cut you. I just want to make that part clear because that's the narrative he's spinning right now. That's what he is alleging, but that does not reflect itself in these text messages. Not in the least. And I I just think that all he is doing is ensuring he's not going to play again. Now, here's my other question with this. If you're the Buccaneers, he's clearly trying to get more money out of you from the bonuses that he could have earned. That could have been upwards of a million dollars in the last week of the uh, in the last week of the season. Um, he was due to hit a bonus if he had 50 catches on the year, if he had I think it was 700 yards and five touchdowns, all of which were very possible. If you're the Bucks at what point here in the next week or two do you just write him a check for a number and just get him out? Because that's all he's after right now is every last dollar in this thing. Yeah, the incentives, which the whole thing doesn't make sense because if he's saying, I was forced to play through injury, then why are you quote tweeting, rather reposting something that Kodak Black, for those who need a history lesson here, he wrote the song Super Gremlin, that is the post that Antonio Brown captioned 
on Instagram of him in the black leather jacket with the fruit cup in his hand leaving MetLife Stadium on Sunday. And then on his Instagram, reposted something that Kodak Black had had written about him, basically saying that, you know, Antonio Brown had some fines to pay and those people were not trying to put him in the game so he could earn the bonuses. Antonio Brown's making it sound like in what he's alleging via his lawyer yesterday that this wasn't about bonuses. I was put out there and I wasn't ready to play. So it just doesn't make any sense because it's he's saying through what he's alleging with, you know, the tweets. And, I mean, I'm sorry, that implies you. I know. remember when people say RT does not equal endorsement when they put that on their Twitter account. <laughs> Maybe he should have done that because he is clearly endorsing what other people are saying. Like, man, like, you know, poor Antonio Brown. He was just trying to get his incentives. He was trying to get his bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's saying yesterday that it wasn't about any of that. It's that I could not play. I was hurt. Like, which is it? It doesn't make any he, – he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and what, what else is new with Antonio right? Brown? You know, if I'm the Bucks, at some point here, it's just going to be worth it in the next few days to get past this because I don't need this lingering going into the postseason. Not at all. This has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Yeah, we're just getting started. Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, motorcycle insurance. You can do it by visiting Progressive.com. Up next, exactly how much can Derrick Henry, at this point, just coming back from injury, help the Tennessee Titans, and what is the future of one Super Bowl-winning coach who may be on the outside of the playoffs looking in? We discussed it all with our ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini in studio next. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And for Greeny. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
quitting on his team in the middle of a game where they're down double digits trying to fight to come back. Like, that speaks volumes about his sports character, and I don't think he'll ever be in a position where there's another NFL team that feels like they can trust him enough to bring him in to help them win. It's an absolutely absurd situation. We could be talking about Dan, uh, Antonio Brown, but I'm actually talking about Dan Orlovsky this second. It's Chris Carlin, <laughs> Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football bowl season is here. Fans, they're hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Right now, ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini joins us in studio, giving us the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. This is, um, well, this is insulting is what it is. Let's just start there. I think it's been established that Dan Orlovsky's food takes are questionable at best. They're not hot takes. They're just, they're not even contrarian. They're just ridiculous. And he's put out another one this morning. Producer from ESPN, Dominique Collins. Current level of Italian, she just tweeted. I just made myself a cannoli for breakfast. This is 10 minutes ago. Dan responds. Want to be honest here, respectfully, cannolis do not taste good ever. He needs to leave Earth. I mean, I, I don't know what to do with these anymore. He's getting ridiculous. Dan, I, can't, I don't even want to ask you to come on to, to try to defend that because it's indefensible. And you being Italian from New Jersey, how are you not vis- as visibly angry as I am? Are you angry on the inside? Tell me your emotions. Take yeah, me inside. I'm a lot like a duck. I just float around. But underneath, <laughs> I am pedaling away right now. Um, look, I don't like to speak for all Italians in New Jersey, but I do feel very comfortable speaking about this right now. First of all, the fact that he thinks that cannolis are bad with your coffee. Just, just let's talk about the reality of what it is. It's cream, really. So it's, mm-hmm. I, actually, Dan, I know, gosh, the fact that I know so much about what Dan likes to eat, Dan actually takes his coffee black. But most people enjoy their coffee with a little bit of a dessert or a cream, so it would make sense. But calling the overall dessert of a cannoli just bad and not good just goes to the theory I have about Dan, which is, it must be really hard in life to be so vanilla, you know, just to have that vanilla palate, vanilla takes on food. He just, I think he just needs to do more. I think he needs to go out more, travel, maybe take a few weeks off. He works mm. really hard. He's a fantastic football analyst, a wonderful person, an incredible father. But I think he needs to get a babysitter. He needs to put those kids somewhere to, to be sat. And he needs to go travel and see more things because this is a sad day in ESPN's history. Is he hitting a wall right now in week 17? I, I think that could possibly be it. But here's the thing. He's not hitting a wall. I was on the show with him the other day. His breakdown was fantastic. If anything, he's the type of person I think that is surging right now because he right. loves all this. Right. I just think sometimes God doesn't give you all the gifts. And he was not <laughs> given the gift of good taste. And the thing is, he'll move on from this. But you know tomorrow he'll tweet something else like pizza's gross. Yeah. Coming for Italians, apparently. I, I Listen, it's his agenda. I don't want to try to get into it. Courtney, I'm offended. What was your immediate response? You know, some things just go better together. Dessert goes better with breakfast. I mean, that's a, that's not, that's not a, you can't def- not defend that take. Yeah. It's it, literally, think about breakfast foods. They're savory and then they're sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we missing here? You know what I think, though? I, you know, with cannolis, when you like have the really crunchy ones that kind of are flaky, maybe he's just somebody who doesn't want like all the flakes everywhere, gets all over his suit jacket, maybe gets on his lips and it's stuck. Like, that's just what I think. 
could Look, potentially be why he doesn't like them. Court, when you go to an Italian restaurant and they give you the usual, what, three desserts, right? It's always mm-hmm. like the same. It's like tiramisu, yep. maybe a scoop of vanilla ice cream, and a cannoli. And a lemoncello. <laughs> always a lemoncello. You're right. That, that, that is always on the menu. Um, I have passed on the cannoli in the past because I don't love the shell. I've, I'm that person. I've been there before. But the filling is phenomenal. And to go with a cup of coffee, to me, that's the breakfast of champions. That's the way we should all be starting our mornings. But for Dan, he takes his coffee black, and the rest of his day is obviously just dull. For, for Dan, this is the equivalent of stepping on the, the end zone back line to me. That's really what this is. And, and he's apparently, I've just been told that he's apparently already said that white pizza is better than pepperoni I, I, pizza. I can't. I, I just, all right, let's move on. We're all going to get very <laughs> angry about this, and I don't think there's a need to. It's like, when it comes to food takes, Dan on Twitter is like an egg. We should not listen to him. <laughs> he probably doesn't like to. eggs either. Uh, it's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny with Diana Rossini here in studio. Okay, let's start with Antonio Brown. What's your take on this whole situation? Look, I think when the Tampa Bay Bucks brought him back after the whole vaccination situation, they, they know who he is. They, they know that, that something, the, the other shoe was going to drop at some point. That's the risk you take when you sign a player with Antonio Brown, like Antonio Brown, with the history that he has. You know, we've seen him with, with the Steelers. We, we saw him with the Raiders at one point for a quick cup of coffee. This is, and New England as well, this has been his history. Um, I think in the situation right now that we're discussing what happened at MetLife Stadium involving Bruce Arians, this injury, now him releasing, um, you know, text messages or alleged text messages between him and Bruce Arians, I think there's the Arians and the Tampa Bay story. I think there's A, B, and and I think there's there's another one. I think there's a little bit of both in this. Uh, And I think Tampa Bay right now is just waiting to cut him. by basically getting their ducks lined up in a row because they know a lawsuit is, is certainly coming their way. Well, how come they haven't yet? Because when Arian said that on Sunday that he's no longer a buck and then we're all watching The Wire every single day this week, he's still on Tampa Bay's, on the Tampa Bay roster. Like, is it, Are they fighting over the incentives and all of the stuff that he was potentially owed with the bonuses in his contract? Like, He didn't sign a very lucrative contract, so I don't feel like there's that much money that's going to be involved here. Why haven't they already you know, made this move? Yeah, Carl, from what I can understand, they're working with the league right now to basically find – the most sound way to move on from him. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he goes quietly or not here because uh, he's probably waiting as well. I'm sure his lawyers are sitting and waiting. But I think from at least not what I think, but what I was able to gather is they're really just trying to figure out what the smartest way legally for the Bucks organization, uh, you know, just knowing what could potentially come down after he's cut. Diana Rossini joining us in studio, ESPN NFL reporter here on Greeny. Um, the Tennessee Titans are getting Derrick Henry back. How are they going to handle this situation over the next few weeks with his health and getting him ready for the postseason? Yeah, I feel like it's one of those stories where uh, it, it's, a, it's big. Derrick Henry is back, but the Titans fared pretty well without him, right? They went through that gauntlet of games against, you know, I guess it was it was the Rams. They they had no problem with the Niners, the Seahawks. Um, they were able to establish a really good run game without their best offensive weapon. But they are a different team collectively when he's back. And so he's back. He was out at the practice field yesterday. It was more of a more of a walkthrough. They've been really cutting back on Wednesdays, not going as full, um, just to try to get his legs 
ready to go work that rust off and you know a lot of the shows have been asking well you know maybe they should play him he hasn't played since early November at least end of October and from what I can gather the the thought process is they just want to give him as much time as possible knowing they're going to rely on him heavily in the postseason they got they want to lock up the number one seed here and they're going to be able to do that if they beat the Houston Texans this weekend and then they get home field advantage they get a bye week so think about all that time that they will be able to give Derek if they rest him but Chris, I really think the bigger part, the bigger story involving the Tennessee Titans right now isn't just Derrick Henry's health. It's the rest of this team. They hold the record in the NFL for the most active players on their roster in a season. They have 88 different players that were a Tennessee Titan this year. They've had so many injuries. And now you look at their injury report, this thing is squeaky clean. They're all coming back healthy, and they're coming back healthy at the right time. They've got a 79% chance to lock up that aforementioned number one seed this weekend when they go to Houston. How far do you think they are? How far do you think they can go? Are they built for a long run? And are they the most, should they be, the most feared team in the AFC right now? Here's the thing. From top to bottom court, I've always been really impressed with the organization. They have a bit of a New England way about them with their own swag, their own sort of style. Um, they pretty much take on the identity of their head coach, Mike Vrabel, which we've all seen enough interviews. And if you've covered any games, as you have, Courtney, when you're around Mike Vrabel, uh, he's tough. He's uh, very transparent. He tells you how he feels. And he's intense. And he's somebody who has experienced three Super Bowl rings himself as a player. He knows what it takes. And the players just follow suit. He is the Tennessee Titans, and they trust in him. And that's always stood out to me in terms of their attitude and how they approach it. But the other thing is, whenever I have conversations, which I just did on Sunday morning before their game with the players, you never think you're talking to a 12-5 and team. You think you're talking to the Jags sometimes in terms of how they think their success has been. A, they're hungry, but they just don't view themselves as being the top dogs. Yet here they are one game away from being the number one seed in the AFC. It's ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini joining us in studio. Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today. If you're dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not, or if you're in need of a fresh charge. And... If you do happen to need a replacement battery, they can help with that, too. They've got reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99, and they're the only place that can find that you can find proven, tough, Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. A guy I'm fascinated by right now is Sean Payton and the situation down in New Orleans. And he's signed, as we know, at least through 2025, if not 2026, if memory serves. But it's popped up occasionally. Is there the possibility that he would be open to leaving if a team wanted to trade for him? Look, Coach Payton, he's in his mid-50s right now. He, he, he's newly married. Uh, he got remarried. Uh, his children are grown. Um, in terms of his overall uh, perspective on the city of New Orleans. He is as passionate as they come. Uh, you know, he's prideful of, of that city. He's always shared with that. In fact, in multiple interviews I've done with him, he, he really sounds and feels almost in a sense like he's part of that city at all times. And we, we, we all know he's not from there. Um, but the football side of this, I think what's 
I think Sean Payton wants to win. And I think he, he wants to be part of an organization that's going to give him that. And, and power and control is important with his personality. And I think if he were to leave, it would have to be a place that would give him the full reins. Sean Payton is not going to any organization with a GM that runs things. He is going to be the GM head coach. It's got to be a Bill Belichick-type situation for him if he were to leave. Would it shock me if he left New Orleans? It wouldn't, but it would surprise me a bit, just knowing how much he loves being there. All right, I'm just going to quickly throw this out. Giants trade one of their first-round picks for him, hand over the keys. I think that's a perfect place for, for Sean Payton. I think, yeah. I, th- I think the New York Giants would be great. It would be a return for him. Obviously, he spent time in New York with Parcells. Um, you know, and, and we know his, his greatest mentor is Bill Parcells. So he'd have essentially the playbook, the blueprint on how to be successful in New York. Not that I would have any doubt that he wouldn't know how to figure it out. Um, but I think if there is an organization that, that should consider making a move like that, why not New York? Why not? Yeah. I think Chicago is another city that should do it, uh, that should, should think about that. But, you know, when was the last time we saw a team go after a coach uh, yeah. and, and be willing to give up draft picks? Um, you know, and, but, but I, would, I stand strong in saying that I think Sean Payne's worth it. I think he's worth giving up uh, picks for and players um, because I do think he has that much of an impact on an organization and a locker room. You talk to anyone that plays for him. He may not be the most loved personality, but he will get the best out of you. Diana, week 18, Ravens, Steelers. We know that Baltimore's got like a 4% chance now of making the playoffs, like real slim. And Lamar Jackson's health is still a big issue. He didn't practice during the first day of the week. John Harbaugh doesn't really want to talk about it, but it seems like this is still kind of a big storyline here that we should we should address. Like, what's the latest with his health? And, and, of course, my brain's thinking to next season and thinking about the offseason and the contract that he's going to be negotiating himself. Are we worried here that the last couple games and, and what we know about his ankle injury and where it's at right now might affect any of those negotiations? What I'm worried about is the diagnosis because, remember, when he injured it, in Cleveland uh, a few days after coach shared that it, it was in a lower ankle injury and, and uh, Adam Schefter reported that it was a bone bruise more specifically but to be out this many weeks this would be the fourth game it, it just it seems significant it seems a lot more than, than a basketball ankle twist as it was being described and was even described to me when I was talking to people in Baltimore um, but Court, you saw that video, and I'm sure the listeners did too, and hopefully if they didn't, they can just check it out and Google it, of Lamar Jackson on the field last week. It's the only time he's practiced since the injury, and that video is awful. He does not look good at all, and granted, that was just a week ago, but the fact that he wasn't out at practice on Wednesday when we know that's a huge day for quarterbacks and and, and historically the Baltimore Ravens when their quarterback is out there on Wednesday, that usually means they're playing – um, you know, I, I think the organization is probably looking at it as, you know, the, sh- the chances of them making the playoffs are just so slim. It's probably not worth the risk of rolling him out there. And, and also, it doesn't hurt the fact that th- they've got Tyler Huntley, who's done a really, really remarkable job of running that offense. I've had tons of people on that team tell me that there, there are moments in practice sometimes where he looks a little bit like Lamar Jackson in terms of his ability to play. So they have a good option. If they didn't have Huntley, I wonder if this would be a little bit different. But it it looks like Lamar Jackson probably won't be playing this weekend. 
ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini, last one for me. Uh, just as a reporter, what's your take on the whole Aaron Rodgers, Hubarkish stuff? Look, I think no matter how you view it in terms of the media having the vote, right, because there's a lot of layers to this conversation, you know, you can make an argument that they should have some players voting for MVP, right? Why is it on the media? The media doesn't know who these guys are in the locker room, who they are as teammates. Um, but I think it's really difficult as somebody who has to vote for this to just focus entirely on numbers, Chris, because we're not robots. We're not robots, right? We're going to try to look at the work as a whole. And I think it's wrong to, to take a look at Aaron Rodgers' life off the field and his decision not to get vaccinated as a reason not to vote for him as MVP. It should be entirely what he does on the football. I just think it's difficult for human beings to just keep it to the numbers. Yeah, I was shocked that Harbarkish would make it public, but listen, it, it, how it turned out, he kind of half-heartedly apologized. I know, and here's the thing. I bet you he's not the only one on oh. the, of the voters who feels this way. He just is the only one who said it out loud. So next week when we find out who the MVP is going to be, it's not going to shock me if it's Tom Brady because I do think there are others who believe the same sentiments. Awesome stuff as usual. You're headed to Vegas this weekend. I am. Excellent. Black 17. <laughs> Roulette table. Let it ride. Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. It is a jam-packed Greeny on this Thursday. Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier. With more than 30 coverage options available, Progressive has you covered. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And we did see yesterday Aaron Rodgers respond to Hub Arkish. Uh, the Chicago AP reporter who said he would not vote for Aaron Rodgers because he thinks he's a bad guy and you can't necessarily vote for an MVP because he's a bad guy. In case you did not hear the response, here was Rodgers yesterday. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But I mean, to and I listened to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the off season, that, you know, I had zero chance of winning the VP, in my opinion, should exclude, you know, future, future votes. Um, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. Because he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude 
and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum, and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never never talked to me in his life. But it's unfortunate that those those sentiments – it's surprising that he would even say that, to be honest. I love it when somebody says, I'm not even going to waste any time on it, but here's a minute and a, minute and a half on why he's a bum. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that's like really, you know, Rogers put out there, if it should be, you know, add another letter in there, if he thinks I should be the most, you know, give the award to the most vaccinated, valuable player. I mean, to Hub's credit, he didn't say anything about Aaron Rodgers being vaccinated as to why he wasn't, call, why he was calling him a jerk, why he wouldn't vote for him. He was talking about, Rodgers holding the team hostage during the offseason and the fact that they really couldn't move on until he came back to training camp and that how can you possibly be the most valuable player when your team is hanging in the balance because of you? Like, let's, you know, Rodgers threw that out there about the vaccination part. That did, you know, to Arkish's credit, he did not say that. So I, um, it's funny too. He's like, he's a bum. I've never met him. He's a bum. Like, you're just going off the comment somebody said. Hub Arkish said the quiet part out loud. That's where he, that's where he screwed up. And he issued an apology. I saw the apology yesterday. He said, I screwed up. All you can do is own it. And I own it. The problem here, though, is because you've got a lot of sports writers who are getting on their pedestals and, you know, pumping their chest saying, this is why sports writers, why us. We should not have a vote in any of this. And I you know, watched a lot of our programming and things like that yesterday. And you've got a lot of people who are much older than I am, who have been around the block and probably have a better understanding of things than I do. I'll give them credit for that. But taking the holier-than-thou approach of, this is why I gave up my vote however many years ago, whatever. Like, the problem is, though, Unlike Baseball Hall of Fame voters, in the NFL, there's no criteria for how to do this. That's the problem. If you want this to be statistically an on-the-field award only, which common sense it should be, right, Chris? Like, you and I understand that. But unless there are rules that specifically spell that out, you cannot fault somebody for thinking the quiet part or saying the quiet part out loud. Baseball Hall of Fame voters have the character clause, which I think is absolutely stupid. It's the reason that Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens are not going to get into the Hall of Fame because there's a character clause and some people are just pissed off that, they're, that those guys were jerks. Whatever. In, in, in the NFL for the MVP award, it's unspoken that it should be, yeah, this season, who was the most valuable player to their team, but there's nothing that says that you cannot... You know, just read the whole thing. There's nothing that says that you cannot include your own personal thoughts, even though we all know unspoken common sense, it shouldn't be that way. But, like, you know, the facts are the facts. There's nothing that says that you technically cannot include those things in your vote. I, I don't like that there are not specifics to it or, or that it's not addressed. Okay, I, I don't disagree. I feel like the NFL now has a window, not with this vote, obviously, no. because don't bring attention to it, but make some clear rules for your voters next year. Yeah, and as far as uh, Hub's concerned, the fact that that's not part of it, if if you don't want to vote for a guy because he's a jerk, like if we followed that mentality, we probably would have about five MVPs ever. <laughs> because if that's actually part of the criteria... Well, there are plenty of jerks who have won MVPs in every league, and there's no getting around that. You have to be able to put personal stuff aside. But at the same time, 
I do think with Aaron, you know, he used the word collude. Is, is he actually using it right there? Or is he trying, like, I don't know that he was trying to gather up other reporters to kind of follow his uh, thought process there, Hub was, with his comments. I do think sometimes that um, Aaron wants us to really know how smart he is. And maybe it's not quite as much as he thinks he's smart. (laughs) To put it mildly, I'll put it that way. Um, And I'm not saying he's stupid. He's clearly not. He's a very well-read guy. But I've seen guys before who throw around a lot of big words and try to do that and and make you believe what they are. And it turns out it's actually not quite uh, as much as they would want to think. I just think Rodgers at this point, um, if you're going to not pay attention to it, don't pay attention to it. I think it's funny that he called him a bum. <laughs> that was about the extent of it. When it's the first thing, like the only thing now missing from any Aaron Rodgers press conference is having his bare feet up on the table. I mean, this is usually athletes will go into this stuff and say, look, I don't read what's in the media. I don't listen to what's on TV, all this stuff. Like, Anytime you hear that nonsense from now on, remember Aaron Rodgers and the Hub Arkish exchange where he called the guy a bum repeatedly when he opened up his answer when he asked about this question. So that's that's just what I think is hilarious where these athletes try to claim like they don't see or hear or anything, like they just have their blinders on. No, they don't. And I don't think that this one vote is going to sway other voters. Like when he said like, you know, your attempt to collude. I don't think Hub Arkish was going out there saying, hey, other voters, everybody gather around. Let's not vote for yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Like, he wasn't saying that. He was simply stating his opinion. I don't agree with his opinion in the slightest. I think it was him saying the quiet part out loud. And you have to take the consequences that come with doing that because it's a hot take. And that's all we do is we debate hot takes and the, how dumb something sounds. But it's not like he was trying to get other voters to fall in line with what he was saying. There was no part of that. So, you know, nobody's talking about Roger saying that with the colluding word. I think they just love using that word in the NFL for some odd reason. <laughs> Try the $45 silver unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. It's Chris Garland, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney, 10 seconds. Would you vote Aaron Rodgers MVP right now? Absolutely. I don't even have a vote. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't think twice about it when you look at everything that has been factored in and where they are at the moment. But there are people who actually believe that the NFC is completely wide open. We're going to get to that coming up in just a few minutes. Is it, in fact, completely wide open, or is it just the Packers and then everybody else? But Antonio Brown has had yet another real busy day, and it's only 11 o'clock Eastern. Carlin and Cronin for Greeny. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.